0: Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties Podcast. Free Press Media Press, Inc., and Alternative Parties Books Publisher sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties Podcast. Today, friends, we have another exciting set of guests. We are interviewing someone we interviewed before and also someone new. They're with the Independence Alliance Party. It's Phil and Bob. Welcome to the podcast, Phil and Bob.
1: Andrew, thanks for having us on. A pleasure to be back, and I'm um, glad to have uh, Bob Hopkins with me as well.
2: Great to be here, Andrew. Thank you.
0: Gentlemen, let's get started by you kindly giving us an introduction to yourself, a brief biographical sketch.
1: Sure. Uh, I'm Phil Fuhrer, state chair of the Independence Alliance Party here in Minnesota. I've been involved in alternative politics, trying to give uh, folks other choices for a little over 25 years.
2: And I am Bob Hopkins, and I'm a, a member of the executive committee of the Independence Alliance Party um, and, and at large. And uh, my background is in, in uh, government and politics, but uh, right now I'm a small business owner here in Minnesota.
0: Oh, interesting. What small business do you own, if you don't mind sharing?
2: Well, it's a printing and marketing company. Oh, cool. Okay. In, in Rochester, Minnesota.
0: Rochester, okay. I used to live in Minnesota, so I'm familiar with Rochester.
2: Yeah, the home of the Mayo Clinic.
0: Awesome. All right, before we discuss some new parts of your platform, since we interviewed your party last, a couple years ago, your party joined forces with the Alliance Party. So kindly discuss how that process worked and what motivated you to do that
1: sure yeah so in um middle of uh, twenty nineteen we officially uh, affiliated with the alliance party nationally. Um, you know there are a lot of parties taking up that that center moderate space um in in the u s and the alliance party was is was and is an opportunity to try to bring together some of those parties to create a um a, a, a new party but a new a new type of public servant that's available as well. And it's the opportunity to run, you know, local and statewide candidates. Uh, and the beauty in, in its name with the Alliance Party, it's, it's an allying of, of different parties across the, the country coming together and giving states the chance to develop their own platforms and run their candidates, but do so under a, a bit of an, an umbrella nationally.
0: Okay, sounds good. So you, so you did officially, affiliate in 2019, is, is that, is, the reason I thought it was later was because did you change your name later? Is that why I thought it was later? Well, we were the, we, our genesis is the Independence Party of
1: Minnesota, and, and folks may remember Jesse Ventura. Um, yep. We elected him uh, back in, in 98. We were uh, briefly with the Reform Party uh, back in those days, but we started as the Independence Party. Um, Ventura got elected under the Reform Party banner. We had tweaked our name, and then we moved back to the Independence Party. Uh, in 2000. And then um, in 2019, when we did affiliate, we, we tweaked the name. We added a, a Dash
0: Alliance to our name just to, to note that we had some national affiliation. Okay, sounds good. So, since you've made some improvements and some further progressions on your new platform, kindly highlight your new platform for our audience. Yeah, I'd love Bob to, to take this one. Bob Hopkins is
1: was our uh, state platform chair and sort of a, a big architect on, on developing the new platform that we have and creating a new center. So, Bob, take it away. Sure thing.
2: So, um, yeah, we embarked on uh, an effort to update the platform um, earlier this year. And um, after a lot of work from myself and from the entire committee, Um, I believe we've come up with a a really strong platform um, that, uh, as Phil had noted, defines the new center. We wanted something that rejected the extremes of the far left and the far right and um, defined a new center um, through three major new themes, and those are freedom, family, and free market. And a lot of the policies outlined in the platform um, really address. Uh, and pertain to those three main themes um, and uh, kind of build out um, the larger story of the new center.
0: Okay. So, specifically, what are your positions on the various issues? Some people may interpret center or moderate differently, so kindly tell our audience what are some of your different views on the different issues.
2: Sure. So, um, you know, from a freedom perspective, we support policies that honor an individual's rights um, and uh, ability to decide what's best for themselves. Okay. We believe in, in an inclusive society that protects everyone's rights, where all citizens uh, should be free of discrimination based on race, religion, ethnicity, sex, and sexual orientation. Um, as far as um, you know the issue of families go i would say it's a very family uh friendly and um uh very strong strongly supportive of families uh okay. and some of the policies that we discuss um include uh <clears throat> uh you know uh, supporting families and children through public education um we believe in universal health insurance child tax credits, um, child care vouchers, mm-hmm. universal pre-K, free community college and technical training. We believe in, in eliminating income tax for working families, not just for the poor and the destitute. And the bottom line is um, we're looking at addressing a lot of the kitchen table issues that many working families deal with on a day-to-day basis. So, and those are, you know, anyone with, a, with um, children, um, knows what some of those main issues are. You know, how do I afford childcare and continue to work in my job? Um, how can I send my kids to school um, and will they get a good education? How am I going to save for college? Um, everybody wants their kids to grow up and to do better than they've been able to do to realize sure. their full potential. And so these types of policies all address some of those concerns. Another one, of course, is universal health care. Um, health is probably one of the biggest expenses that families and individuals, quite frankly, face today. Yep. Um, in some cases, many households, up to 30 percent of their income goes towards health care. Um, that is just not sustainable. And um, we'd like to uh, um, work uh, of, from a policy standpoint to build um, a universal healthcare system, that can
1: support everyone. And Andrew, as you go through the platform, I think you're gonna see that the, this new Independence Party platform here in Minnesota is is a, 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 a nice blend of where I think people are. It's got some uh, economically populist, um, combined with free market solutions with the, the goal of creating a dynamic and uplifting free society, uh, focused on the well-being of all so that so that we can all realize our fullest potential.
0: So when you say economic populist, you mean they're against corporate concentration and they don't want the they don't want to be controlled by society yet they don't want communism either is that what or socialism is that what you're is that what you mean by populist
1: i think from from my perspective, it includes things as as bob had talked about about um universal health care okay um, uh universal pre k you know those are those are some things that uh, I think are economically populist uh you know folks are, um uh favor them they okay. they they like the policies and and they have the benefit of of actually helping people you know as bob outlined you know child care you know for a lot of folks you have a child and now you have to make the decision you're you're a two income family and now you may have to make the decision does somebody stay home does somebody okay. leave the workforce because that's the choice you've got to make, and that's how expensive childcare is. Yes. So, so it's those kinds of, of ideas, um, blending that with individual freedom.
0: Okay. So is your party wanting to focus on implementing this in Minnesota, or is that part, is your party part of the national strategy to implement it nationwide, or both? Well, frankly,
1: I think it's a little bit of both. I think we, you know, we start here in Minnesota, but we do want to serve as a role model within, you know, within uh, the Alliance Party nationally uh, sure. and, and other other uh, entities. Um, you know, sometimes you hear the phrase mergers and acquisitions. There are other independent parties. You know, we're, we're not done trying to pull people together and, and pull that center together uh, and, and create uh, a viable competitive alternative to the, the duopoly, the two established parties that exist
0: sure so specifically in Minnesota besides these issues are there any things that your part specific to Minnesota that your party's focusing on you know I could think th- oh go ahead, Bob. go ahead Bob
2: no I was I was gonna say you know obviously you know some of the more populist aspects of the platform um, are important and you know can be implemented in Minnesota, as Phil had noted. We hope that that's a model for other states and perhaps um, to be adopted nationally. Um, But, um, you know, we're also looking at things um, like um, free markets um, and building out um, opportunities uh, for small businesses um, to be more successful. Um, One of the things that you might look at when you're talking about Universal health care, one of the things that strangles many small businesses is, you know, health care expense. Yes. I mean, uh, it's uh, many people don't look at it that way, but the truth of the matter is, and as a small business owner, I certainly know and understand that um, it certainly wasn't within my wheelhouse and my realm of expertise to try to offer health care insurance to my employees. Um, so Having policies that are, you might say, populist in nature, you know, focused on, you know, working families also can be very business-friendly as well. Oh, okay. Um, we're, also, we're also focused on, um, you know, eliminating some of the regulations um, and taxes that might in- impede um, Growth among small businesses, and we're looking at other strategies that can be implemented um, on a state and perhaps national level um, that would be sources for income that might offset some of the some of those costs. Um, one of those that we propose in the platform is a CO two tax. Okay. Um, that uh, uh, would allow for would hopefully be a. Uh, a significant source of income, but also help get to levels um, that um, meet our um, environmental sustainability and reducing our carbon um, output. So um, we also feel as though um, it affords opportunities for poor, marginalized, and indigenous communities um, and many rural communities to be able to earn income Um, through carbon sequestration and um, other programs like that. So um, we're trying to be innovative um, and thoughtful um, in not only in helping, um, you know, working families, um, but also support a business community and helping it to thrive and succeed.
0: Yeah, it does sound innovative. When you said income source, I was thinking, wow, that's, that's an interesting take on it. I've heard people mention the carbon-2 thing, yet I, I don't know if it's me or if that's the way it generally is. I don't hear it associated with as an income source for these communities that need income sources. So yes, that sounds innovative.
2: Yeah, there are other successful programs around the country, um, specifically in Washington State um, and in California. Washington State is a bit uh, a, a new entrance um, into the they call it the carbon investment um, because they see it as an opportunity to invest in technologies that will allow um, businesses to be more successful in limiting the output of carbon but also taking that income and being able to invest in local economies so okay. um, it really is um uh what what we would think of as uh, a program that would kind of satisfied both ends of that spectrum, um, helping to build up a more vibrant um, economic sector, while also supporting uh, local communities and providing some funding for some of the programs that we're interested in supporting.
0: Okay. So what else is in your platform? Um,
2: well, <clears throat> I think there's a very strong component, component for strengthening democracy. Okay. Um, so some of the things that you know we talk about implementing include you know universal voter registration and voter i d um. um, now the state has already uh the, the state of Minnesota, which I think is um you know leaning very forward in the area of strengthening democracy and promoting um, pro democratic values and policies um but uh, one of the things that we often hear of is you know how can I go? Uh, and you know to a the uh, polling place without a license or some kind of ID and be able to you know go ahead and vote so um, and there's also the issue of um, people who are um, you know maybe seniors, maybe poor or marginalized people who don't maybe don't have a driver 's license maybe don't own a car um, and uh, we believe that the state should be able to provide them with a state id that would serve as their voter. Registration had um, okay. no cost to them. Um, we believe in open primaries. And, well, before
1: um, before before you go too far into open primaries, Bob, I think the, your last point there is very important. I mean, a lot of times you hear about voter ID, uh, and oftentimes it comes comes from the right, where okay. you know they want the voter ID, they implement it, and and the next thing they do is they start shutting down DMV stations and places where you can go get your voter ID. Uh, Georgia is a classic example of that. And what we're saying is, is we like voter ID. We think voter ID strengthens elections. But voting's a right. And as a right, we also then need to provide the ID cards for you. So it's, oh, wow. it's not implementing, it's not implementing voter ID and then making it more difficult to get your ID card and put that burden on those marginalized communities. It's implementing voter ID and then saying here, you register, here's your ID card. Sounds good. And Bob, yep. Bob, you were talking about open primaries.
2: Yeah, open primaries, we believe in an open primary system that allows all candidates to participate, whether they're from a major party or from a minor party, um, as long as they meet, you know, state ballot requirements. Um, and then um, allows all voters to choose the top four. Um, so, I mean, we have to recognize that You know, 49% of all voters are registered independents, and or unaffiliated with either of the major political parties. And so, this kind of a system just recognizes that um, this duopoly that we're kind of um, we're 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 kind of shoehorned into um, doesn't really represent the vast majority of voters out there. Um, We also believe in ranked choice voting for general elections. So um, uh, general elections would include the top four vote-getters in the primary, and ranked choice voting would be implemented for the general. Um, If no candidate receives a simple majority, then um, the ranked choice voting system would would be used to eliminate the candidate with the least number of votes and apportion those votes to the second choice, and that's the way that kind of works. Uh, and that happens until one of the remaining candidates achieves a plurality of the vote. Um, and uh, and I think that you know a number of localities in Minnesota, and I know that the state is looking into that, but we're not quite there yet. So it's something that we really want to continue to to emphasize and press on.
1: Um, and it's, it's, inter- it's interesting, Andrew, too, the on the ranked choice voting. Uh, it, it is gaining steam across the country. So we've got five of our largest not all the largest cities but five you know five of the top eight I think largest cities in Minnesota use ranked choice voting for local elections. Awesome. Uh the state of the state of Maine has implemented it uh for for the <clears throat> entire state and Alaska um I think about a year and a half ago implemented it for for themselves as well. So it's a it's a it's an alternative voting method that allows voters to eliminate the wasted vote syndrome or, or the that spoiler syndrome because you sure. can rank Rank order your candidates. Maybe you like me the best, so you give me a number one. And Andrew, they like you number two. And Bob, sorry, you're number three. Um, you know, so you're able to rank those, those, those candidates and those choices. And maybe I'm not going to, you know, I don't really have a chance of winning, but you can, with good conscience, go ahead and cast your vote for an alternative candidate or for the candidate that you prefer, knowing that if they do come in last or they don't have broader support, your vote will then shift over to your next choice.
0: Yep. that sounds like a good way and, to do
2: it. And another thing that you know we're looking at and uh, propose in the platform is um, amending the Minnesota State Constitution to provide for the use of public referendums and initiatives. Okay. Oh, um, we feel we feel as though the public should have a remedy to address issues and provide policy solutions that. The legislative or executive branch just have either been unwilling or unable to address. we've seen these referendums be successful in a number of states recently, um, particularly as it relates to uh, reproductive rights, um, but it can be used for a number of other issues as well, and we feel as though that that would help strengthen democracy as well
1: and and with any with any issue the devil's, uh, the details you know the devil's always in the details. Uh and, and so with any of the policies including including initiative and referendum, I and mean, you could easily point to like California where you can say, well, you know, maybe initiative and referendum doesn't necessarily work all that well or fantastically. So it's it's how it's how it gets implemented and we're certainly aware of some of the pitfalls that you need to avoid um with initiative and referendum, but it gives people the opportunity to sidestep a legislature um if they're not doing their job.
0: Sounds good. Those are good election reform parts of your platform.
1: Well we think the, the yeah. platform yeah, the platform in in a whole, it's I mean it's the first step uh and the next step to building that competitive alternative third party option, uh certainly here in Minnesota. And as we've mentioned earlier, uh we show some success here so that can be done serve as a model um for the other states. You know, they, they you know, under federalism states are the laboratories laboratories of democracy will prove it here how effective an alternative to third party can be
0: and start to export that elsewhere. Sounds like a good strategy. So in regard to the party, are you having candidates in the next election 2024, uh, is, that in the, is that in progress right now? Kind of share how going. Yeah, we're, we're re- recruiting candidates. We're looking
1: for candidates. We're, we've been talking to some potential state representative candidates. Uh, we are still looking, if anybody lives in Minnesota and you're interested, we are looking for a U.S. Senate candidate still. Uh, that's uh, the big race that's on the ballot. Um, but, yeah, running a variety of, of local candidates. Um, anything from school board to you know, city council to mayor through through uh, state representatives, and as I said, we are we are hoping to find a U.S. Senate candidate
0: next year as well. Okay, so if somebody is interested in being a U.S. Senate candidate, would they would the first step be contacting you and you guide them through what they need to do? Would that be the best way to do it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, email
1: us at info at mnip dot org. So I-N-F-O at mmip.org dot
0: Okay. So in addition to those races that are coming up in 2024, what other plans does the party have? What are, is the future looking like for you? So we are trying to
1: move into and are moving into a, a sort of a reorganiz- reorganization
0: uh, okay. Strategy
1: here with with the new platform, so to roll that out and uh, get folks re-energized and re-engaged and reinvigorated, uh, using sort of a meetup style type of of events, um, getting those on the books. Sort of uh you know we're using a microbrews that are uh, you know I think popular across the country, but certainly popular here in Minnesota, and you know meeting meeting at those and doing you know little table discussions and info sessions. And, uh, you know, with the tagline of first, first beers on us, you know, come on hmm. out, learn about us, learn a little bit about us, and, uh, we'll have a discussion and, and we think, we think you'll like what you hear and get you more involved.
0: So you said free beer? <laughs> well, first beer, first <laughs> beer on us. <laughs> See, you, you like it too. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is, that people should like that. People like beer, so I take it. That will get more people interested. That's a that's a good approach.
1: Well, we're 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 getting ready to kick these off, and
0: uh, we we're hoping it is successful. We think it will be. Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. So, you're planning to do those in 2024.
1: I actually, I'm hoping that we can start kicking these off right after Thanksgiving, so at the tail end year of 2023, and then keep them going
0: through through 2024. Oh, good. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So for our audience, if they want to, you said to, if they want to become one of your Senate candidates, they would contact info at it was at mnip dot org. Correct.
1: Yep, that stands for Minnesota Independence Party. So mnip dot org. Yeah. Okay. So and, otherwise, and, it's not, and not just and not just U.S. Senate. If you're interested in in running for your city council, give us you know send us an email. We'll we'll talk to you. If you're interested in getting involved and and we've got some leadership positions that are open, whether that's anything from precinct captain to you know we we do have a couple of uh congressional district chair opens uh openings um but if you want to get involved in leadership uh and and sort of really organizing the party and boosting us forward, you know contact us and and even if you just have questions send sure us email.
0: so the general best email address is m n i p dot Info at MNIP.org, right? Info at MNIP.org. That's our, that's our catch-all email address. Okay, great. So what about your website? Can, can you, would you please give that to our audience, what your website address is? And that one's easy, too. It's www.mnip.org. Oh, great. Awesome. Awesome. So before we part today, is there any last words you'd like to give our audience?
2: Bob? Um, one thing that I'd like to jump in and just say that, you know, we we believe that this platform, um, uh, you might say, it gives us the opportunity to get out there and build greater awareness for the party. Um, sure. And, again, kind of defining that, that new center. You know, a lot of third parties are out there, um, but I think that in this case, it, um, our platform is very well defined. Um, we really know the direction that we're going in, um, and we have um, some very strong policies to support that. And we believe that that's going to um, help us not only build support for the party, but also begin the fundraising process. Hopefully, recruit more candidates in 2024 for local and statewide races, um, and uh, and we we look forward to supporting those candidates with campaign messaging and other se- so, uh, social media. Efforts um, and hopefully the goal is to win some elections. You sure. Know, to, yes. You know, make these policies uh, into a reality.
1: Great. Andrew, let now, me let me say too. Let me say too that that when it comes to uh, the Independence Alliance Party here in Minnesota, uh, style is is of equal importance as, as is some substance. Okay. And by that I mean, it's the, it's the belief. I think embedded in our DNA that that we are here to listen and have conversations. um, That good ideas can come from from either side of the aisle. I mean, that's I think the new center. Um, We can be respectful to each other. We can we we need to work together with each other, Um, with the goal probably that you know you know economically, politically, socially, environmentally, um, the legacy that we leave future generations should be our priority. And our goal should always be to to leave a more democratic, more prosperous, more equitable, and, and a more society, uh, sustainable society for future generations. And, and so our platform does not cover every issue under the sun. Part of that style that I'm talking about is also um, the importance of candidates. So, yes, we're a political party, and we've got uh, a variety of, of platform planks to try to tie together uh, candidates and supporters and uh, members, so that we have a bit of a common ground that we that we work from, uh-huh. but also leaving that leaving that flexibility for candidates to be who they are and represent their constituency.
0: Okay, because um, so individual areas might have different concerns.
1: Exactly, exactly. That's what I was going to say. You know, uh, uh, issues that that resonate locally in Minneapolis and St. Paul in that core metro urban area. Are not always the same issues that resonate out in, in, in you know some farm country or you out, out in rural Minnesota.
0: Sure. Um,
1: or if you look if you look at the broader country, you know a Democrat in Texas is not the same kind of Democrat um, in in Oregon. You know you've got to have you got to have that flexibility to allow candidates to to be who they are as well. And, and we do that, and that's embedded into what we do. Not so much, I think, with the established parties, that's the duopoly that we have to live under or have been living under. Well, that's good.
0: Sounds good, gentlemen. That's a good platform you have going. It's good that you're taking the initiative to reorganize things and move forward. We like to see that. Well,
1: Andrew, I want to thank you for having us on again.
0: I appreciate it, and and keep up the good work. It's a great
1: podcast, and I love to uh, to hear the different folks that come on from across the country, and also love, you know, if folks aren't following me on Twitter, or X or whatever it's called now,
0: uh, I love the questions that you put out there, so keep that up, too. All right, I appreciate that. Thanks, gentlemen, for coming on the podcast, and wish you all the best in your platform, and your party, and everything else you do in life.
1: Thank you much. Thank you.
0: Take care and all the best. Bye-bye.